when ready. Warning. Warp core collapsed in 10 seconds. What? I got a bad feeling about this. It's a trap! I think it's because I mentioned Phantom Menace and then everything just went to shit after that. Welcome to Star Boys, the podcast about all things Star. I'm one of your hosts, Bryce. And I'm Trevor. And uh, this week we are looking at Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 11, Perpetual uh, Infinity, which... (laughs) I somehow I knew Isn't that a bit as, redundant? as soon as I saw the title that I was going to have issues with the with the science. It's <laughs> poetic, this, okay? All their titles have been poetic, but this is poetic and irritating. Like when they had the long titles <laughs> like about... all poetry. <laughs> <laughs> um so we're recording I guess a little bit later. We got a bit off track last weekend. Um I was able to watch this episode a couple of times today. Um, were, were you as confused as I was about the episode order? I mean, I knew that it was a 14-episode order originally, but then I've just been following on Wikipedia. In the last couple of weeks, I was counting down. I was like, two episodes left. One episode left. And I thought, as I was watching this, that it was the finale. Um, well, Trevor, as you know, I don't look at anything or read anything, so I just assumed you were right. <laughs> I've led you astray in our previous discussions but you did clarify it before I watched this episode um, at any rate that this was not the finale although you're saying now we still have three episodes left Uh, yeah this was 11 we have 12, 13, and 14 left so the end of this season cannot come soon enough (laughs) I'm ready to turn a new page there's a lot of hardworking people working on this show let me show a little respect yeah they're not working hard enough to get renewed again though (laughs) um so you know everything kind of interweaves together in this episode so i was struggling with you know where exactly to start and i kind of like as i was making my notes i kind of reorganized them and decided to talk a little bit about control which we've had a bit of backstory on um yeah but they actually turn to the camera and explain it to us (laughs) as if we're school children um, which fine. I actually, I actually don't mind that. It was nice. They kind of explicitly stated it that, and, and this is the episode where we really explicitly see control starting to carry out some of its, uh, some of its plan here. Right, Cause it's unclear if control is an imminent threat before this episode, we know it was a right. threat and we know that there's a chance it could come back, but we don't know how much of it it is. So I, I say that like poking fun at it, but I actually did appreciate that they explained the mechanics that, that the control um, has some degree of intelligence to complete its mission, but can't really spawn its artificial intelligence that will allow it to destroy all sentient life without the data that they, uh, that discovery has from the sphere. Yeah. We're not um, quite there yet. Yeah. Face- Facebook's getting there, but control is still quite a bit ahead of, of where we are. I mean, have you, I, I, I don't know. Really, I don't know. I think I, it's about I, on par in terms of evilness. But oh yeah, yeah maybe yeah. the technology is not. Quite I mean, there when I now. look, I I watch like two things, two types of content on YouTube. I watch things for a stupid video game that I play, and I watch like 
lunatics doing crazy, dangerous science in their backyard for fun. And like, if no. they can't, if they can't figure out that algorithm to suggest those to me, you I'm don't like, watch I'm... Russian dash cam vids, <laughs> or like Amazon request, like what the things they suggest to me to buy. Like, I'm sorry, nothing can classify that as intelligence. I ordered <laughs> one very specific audio component, and then it asked me if I'd like to buy another two pack of the same audio component or this other random audio component. And I mean, obviously, you did buy them. I mean, I mean, I you, had to. You, you, you have to uh, obey the algorithm because Amazon had already shipped them to a locker near my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um, control has also in this episode worked out how to. So it's very good at projecting images, but it hasn't really figured out how to bring sentience into a living a new living being so it's like they have to inhabit beings they need to, it, it needs to build a data yeah yeah or, or but in the meantime in the meantime it takes over leland it takes over which is nice because leland's been nefarious so we're kind of used to him being yeah nefarious. it doesn't really change it much and it and it does actually uh say that it's choosing him specifically for reasons which i thought was weird does that mean that some of leland is still sentient in there in the same way that that was true of what's her face um oh yeah maybe or i was thinking the reasons were just strategic that yeah and he's in a good position for them yeah um so that kind of spins off and i'm so curious as to what the relationship between control and section 31 is going to be um Mm -hmm. like what's the separation what's the distinction where are we going is it going to be one renegade ship or is it going to be um I i really saw this linking a lot to um Deep Space Nine with the changelings, like we already are infiltrated in your penetrated deep within your organization and you can't get us out. Um, okay, that makes sense. It, it brought me some degree of that because he's saying we can give orders and even if you distrust one person, the orders will eventually get disseminated down to the masses. Um, and, and this would make a Section 31 show work a lot better, I think, or a lot easier if there's like the Captain Giorgio Section 31 ship is kind of the heroes fighting against the greater uh, controlled Section 31. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could be. Um, but I, I did like that because it felt familiar. I also, was an episode of, t- early episode of TNG Conspiracy where the bugs kind of take over mm-hmm. all the people. So we we have seen this kind of thing Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Kind of trope. Yeah. I mean, not not so often, but the conspiracy was directly that. The Changelings was <laughs> and a we bit... Only, we only have one guy, I guess, who's been body snatched well, and it's, so far. But... They only need to body snatch when it's a physical interaction. It seems like if yeah. they're going to project via orders or subspace, that that's completely unnecessary. Control only really needs to body snatch when it gets horny, and it, and it just needs a body yeah. to use. I mean, look, I mean, that's been happening for a long time. I read a lot of Greek mythology about Zeus, and that's pretty much all he did. <laughs> <Let's>, yeah. <laughs> that's anyways. how we got all those half-god, half-human 
Yeah, I mean that's I mean nice, he's right. He's he's actually my grandfather. Hmm. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. The only other thing that I had about the control plotline, maybe we can bring up a little bit later. I think we'll talk about Ash a little bit later, but I think his interaction is going to be interesting as well. But we have set up this. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed him a little more in this episode, too. He was. They're just pushing the plot forward with him being Section 31, having to obey or question orders. Mm. And we're going to get a lot more of that if we. Uh, like control was saying as if as they keep trying to pass down orders and see who will follow them right um but we have a kind of a ticking clock set from control we know their task we know the mechanism of kind of how they get to the point where they destroy all sentient life so we see kind of a goal and once they get that goal it's kind of game over um and we have this more concrete villain now yeah where the red angel clearly isn't on the same page and they still kind of perceive as a bit of a threat or an unknown this episode but ultimately wants exactly the same thing mm-hmm. that starfleet wants um so th- that's been kind of um um parsed away so yeah i'm glad that we've had a lot of stuff not wrapped up maybe but a lot of mysteries clarified already and that uh, that makes me happy, I guess, that we have three episodes left uh, rather than last season where everything had to be tied up in the last episode and it was yeah. horribly rushed. Yeah. Um, so the, the episode kind of starts dealing with, with Burnham and Burnham kind of wakes up and she thinks that she was... <laughs> she was like, that was a bad dream. Yeah. She was like, I, was, well, I don't know if it was a bad dream. She saw her dead mom. I <laughs> a mean, weird dream. Yeah. A disturbing dream. But, but she, And she was like, but you're you're still pretty sure it was me, right? You're still pretty sure that the pattern was right. And uh, Culver says some bullshit about the DNA being different. I'm sorry. Your DNA is the same in all your fucking cells. Like, get over yourself. The, the <laughs> yeah, he really blew it thinking that that was... <laughs> That he that really blew Turner. it, but he was going <laughs> to... He was trying to explain it away. Well, the, the, your mitochondrial DNA is similar to your mother. Go fucking jump off a cliff. All your goddamn DNA is the same. <laughs> Unless you have a virus. Uh, um, but is your midichlorian DNA the same? Good God. They use the word time crystal and time storm about 18 times this episode, and I almost jumped off a cliff. If they would have said something about fucking midichlorians, I actually would have thrown <laughs> my computer across the room and just fucking quit. <laughs> the word time storm should never be used. I just... Yeah, they try to lampshade it a little bit. I guess it's the last episode where Tilly says, oh, if you put time in... Or a few episodes ago, if you put time in front of something, it makes it cooler. Uh... Which but is true not... if you're an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the fact that they keep doing it does not make it cool. Yeah. And I understand we're dealing with time travel, but, like, if you don't have an interesting perspective on the mechanics of time travel, like, if you're not going to... Like, I feel like there are interesting ways that you can talk about time travel that aren't necessarily completely nested in science, but don't fly in the face <laughs> of of what we know. But this is just... Yeah, they're playing pretty fast and loose with time travel logic and basically just using it for emotional purposes so far, which if they tell a good story, I'm okay with, but I'm not convinced. 
there's been a great story as of yet. Yeah. So we get to meet Dr. Burnham. I actually didn't write down what her first name is, so I plan on referring to her as Dr. Burnham. Doctor or Mama. Mama, no. Mama Burnham. Mama Burnham. Um, she's a weird character from the start. Like, she's just so... Mm-hmm. And you... What I thought of right away is you have no idea how she perceives the passing of time or how she ages even she's like displaced in time she's anchored to a point that's 950 years in the future but like how much time has passed for her right right from her perspective uh, presumably a bit because she's really jaded and she looks a lot older than in the flashbacks yeah and she doesn't want to but she looks like she'd be about 20 years older like it looks like the same time has passed for for her and Burnham maybe and maybe that was kind of a right. cue but like again I don't think time or aging is going to happen the same way when you're out of time. Um Did she remind you at all of that character in a two-parter of Voyager? I think played by the guy from that 70s show uh who keeps trying to go back and change time to get everything exactly right for for his alien species get like reclaim get his family back and reclaim the yeah. territory i i did not i did not think of that but now that you say it it kind of makes sense because that's what she's doing she's tried a bunch of things and the end result is always the end of all sentient life and she knows this because she always gets anchored 950 years in the future and there's nothing there yeah, uh, that's that's interesting. I, I I did reflect on a lot of old episodes of Star Trek while watching this, but that was that wasn't one. But I see exactly where you're coming from. It just seems like yeah, she. It seems like she's tried over and over again. She even says that with Burnham, um, that she's seen her die a hundred times, and she'll see her die a hundred more. Mm. What's that? Is that the pro- Proclaimers? Is that the the song? And I would walk five hundred times. <laughs> that's a bit darker. I'll see you die one hundred more. Yeah, that's what I would use time travel for. Like, not only would I go back and kill Hitler, but I'd do it. I'd do it a few hundred times, just for the sheer <laughs> joy of it. Uh, so, Burnham, Doctor Burnham, doesn't want to talk to Michael. She requests to only meet with the captain, and she seems very set on the fact that she wants to be free and she wants them to destroy the data from the sphere but she she's all she's like almost vulcan-esque in her resistance to emotions like that she she's all business because she's been through this a hundred times she doesn't want to complicate it with emotion right it's not that she doesn't have emotion like later on when she really gets into it with burnham like there's obviously a connection there She's just trying to avoid that because that's going to complicate things. Right, because it's just going to make her feel worse when she watches her die again. Yeah, which, I mean, it kind of it, it gives her this almost off-putting personality at first where she kind of doesn't consider all, all our main characters here people. She also doesn't... They're kind of, she, she they're doesn't, kind of like pawns because she knows... Because they're, not that they're expendable to her, but she's been through this so many times, tried so many times, seen them die that i don't know it, she seems yeah. distant from them she also seems very arrogant she yeah that's she, i guess what i'm going for yeah she she 
she doesn't, I mean, and this is me going down a time hole. Um, they don't remember interacting with her, which means on the current timeline that they're on, this is the first time they have interacted with her in person, which means that this interaction could present itself in any any number of possible futures. And she's too dead set on what she wants to do to consider a resolution that might be separate from from that. And she's yeah. probably right. I mean, it seems like even the crew by the end kind of agrees with her that they need to destroy the data. But like, if you're in a different timeline, every single iteration of a timeline has a different end, a different set of end conditions. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's again me going down a time hole, but I think you... And it does seem like, I mean, she is kind of trying to solve everything on her own, but she also seems to have put enough faith in Burnham and in the crew of the Discovery that, like, it, it's worth thinking about how she affects them because she, she like, put that uh, sphere in their path, right? So that yeah. she wanted to see if they could help preserve the data. So I agree. Um, but I think the, the, the time hole thing, that me going down a time hole, I feel like is ultimately interesting because anybody who's into science fiction is going to also think that way, right? We, we've seen enough stuff about time travel where we are processing things. We want to kind of logic it out and connect circles yeah. and make it all make sense. And I, I think that's fun. And I think it's fun that, that we're in that we're in a bit of conflict with how they handle it. I, I think that that's an interesting... They kind of try to throw that out the window at the end with Spock and Burnham's little chat with Spock. They're quoting fucking saying, Shakespeare again. Nothing is yet written, and they're going to use instinct and logic together to write the future, whatever. I mean, I know that's what I would but do. They're going to practice chess a lot until they're super good at controlling the future. Yep. Um, Which, I mean, we're watching a narrative TV show that's unfolding linearly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I mean, from our perspective, that makes sense. We're following these characters, not Dr. Burnham necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I that I found interesting with, with Dr. Burnham was she knows Giorgio in a way that we don't. Because she says, you know something about always saving and being loyal to Burnham to Michael and, and Giorgio is like, that's not me. I'm from the mirror universe, but Giorgio plays a pretty significant role in saving Michael and the plot line here. Like, yeah. And, and again, we're clearly seeing someone who's out of time who, who has information that we don't, that we don't have access to, which I found really interesting. It actually might have been my favorite. Like, Giorgio has been one of my favorite pieces here because we don't really know what side she's playing for. Is she chaotic? It seems almost like now, like, she's chaotic good. I agree, and I think it's kind of cheating. I think the writers, much like they regretted killing off Culber and then brought him back, I think they maybe thought they would only have Michelle Yeoh for a season or or whatever and regret 
what they did in killing her off and making a mirror version because they want to kind of bring her back into the fold and make her make good, her good again. Feels. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I'm fine with. I'm fine with her sticking around. She's. I, I really like the actress, and I don't know. I bought it enough that I again. I'm not I, too I angry quite about like, it. But. Again, I don't buy, like a chaotic good character. To me, is interesting. Um, yeah, it just it doesn't quite make sense if you'd like go back a little bit to her being the emperor of a mirror universe. <laughs> but that's that's true. Um, but maybe she does have nefarious plans, but still, you know, has emotions and still has a care for Burnham. Well, yeah, it's got a being soft, soft mega maniacal for yeah. for the Bernie Burns. She's got the Burnham burn. She burns. She burns for Burnham. I know I do feel the Burnham. Well, I think we both know I burn for Tilly. I grouped here in my notes, Michael and how to protect sentient life. Uh, We know that she is the center of the universe, so it's going to be up to her, I'm sure. Yeah, Um, but is she the center of the universe or is, is mom just making her the center of the universe? Well... She is the center of the universe for the writers of the show. That's true. But it really seems to me at this point like Spock is actually the center of the universe. Because Spock is the access point for Dr. Burnham. He's hmm. he's the only person that she's been able to kind of communicate with up to this point. Because he has a learning disability, which is actually... Uh, Having dyslexia is a superpower. Yeah, apparently. This is, Believe this, in yourself, kids. It's, it's It just reminds me of the episode... Where, was it the Masterpiece Society when something about Geordi's visor is the technology that saves the society that would have aborted him as a fetus? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it is a noble point to try to get kids to to not, you know, let their um, their their learning disabilities, you know, disenfranchise them or set them back. I think that's wonderful, but to stare in the camera and kind of say that directly. Like, I don't know if the target audience is young enough for that to hit home. Um, yeah. And well, we, we've, we've wanted discovery to send more positive messages. So maybe <laughs> it's a good start. I mean, it's fine. It just, it just seemed a bit forced. Uh, um, so, yeah. so they're looking at how to, um, Burnham wants to save her mom. Um, they want to send her suit into some infinite wormhole in the future, because if they send it infinitely in the future, then Control can't go there to get it. Are we to understand that Control has... I kind of lost track of this, so... Does Control... You've probably does... watched this a couple more times than yeah. I have, so you'll have a better picture, but... I'm just wondering, is does Control have the ability to time travel, or is Control just becoming so powerful that they exist in every instance of the future. I think the second one. I think so too, because they still don't really exist in the past. They can't go back in time to eradicate, you know, to, to change things. Yeah. Um, So they want to send the suit and somehow save Dr. Burnham into this future. I, I don't know, somehow saving Dr. Burnham, and she's on board with sending the suit to the infinite future, but wants to go with it, thinks that's the only way. Yeah. It gets real weird here. 
At the end, she gets sucked up into the into the void after with her the suit, suit, but not wearing the suit. Yeah. I mean, she's going to just be floating in space, yeah. dead. Um, did you think it was weird that there was a lot of implicit trust between Doctor Burnham and the crew? And like, we've seen a lot of weird things. We've seen body snatching. We've seen spies. We've seen all kinds of things. And the fact that like. They trust that she 100% is Burnham's mom, and Burnham's mom, like, 100% trusts that Captain Pike is going to do the right thing. Do you think that yeah, was just because an episode ago they were like, we gotta capture this red angel? And, like, they were kind of right. not necessarily on its side. But And Burnham's mom, who, you know, was a bit nefarious, like, shouldn't have been doing that. Shouldn't have been working for Section 31. Didn't you, fu- <laughs> right. didn't you fucking think about what the repercussions were gonna be? Of creating this, you know, incredibly powerful, limitless technology. I mean, that's like... They were just innocently doing science. Yeah, that's like... You know, just like the Manhattan Project. It's like Iron Man, you know, not considering that once he makes the technology, he can't put it back in the box. Yeah, or like Iron Man. You're right. I I didn't... Yours was darker (laughs) than mine. (laughs) And up to this point, we only have a few... And now, let's get into the real meat of the show our Avengers Endgame preview. Uh, I stopped watching after the first Guardians of the Galaxy might be the last one I've seen. And that concludes our <laughs> Avengers Endgame preview. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, th- there's a lot going on this episode. You're, you're right. And I, what I hadn't considered that makes me appreciate the episode more is you mentioned earlier that they, they did we did get some explanations and a bit of reasons yep, and the, the plot's moving a little bit. It is. I, I actually quite enjoyed this episode, even though I'm, you know, annoyed by parts of it. Mm. I thought it was a fun action episode. We've had the, 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 the episodes that set things up and then we've had the action episodes and this was an action episode. I enjoyed watching it, but when I was rewatching it, it occurred to me, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't think rewatching is is the same as as an old mm-hmm. Star Trek. I, I think that they're relying yeah. too much on suspense and not enough on, you know, lessons or morality or an ethical. That's issue. the downside of it being an action episode. Is yeah. that when you already know what's going to happen, it, it's not as much of a thrill to watch if you don't have something to think about. But it made me reflect on this season and that the whole season kind of feels like that, where there's a driving storyline of questions that need to be answered. And they may have just gone a bit too far in, in something that I think we wanted, which was to have a continuing plot line throughout a season, but it's, it's, it's too much. The main focus there's, there's not enough room for star Trek to be star Trek. Yeah. Um, and, and it also takes away, like we don't, the only light and funny things we've had have been setting up dark and horrible things. <laughs> uh, and and I, 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 mean, I guess some of that is with a 14 episode season, you have to, you have to pound through a little bit more content. You know, the, the other Star Trek franchises that we know and love, they had these enormous 24 to 26 episode orders so they could do anything. There had to be, there had to be a lot of filler. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, Honestly, it does kind of feel originally Discovery was 
planned as an anthology show. Each season was its own yeah. story with, with its own characters, even. Um, they ended up throwing that out, but not really. I mean, we could see plot lines from this season go into a third season, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's telling a story just like the first season did, and it's going to be over. I mean, I, I, I'm wondering if they're going to continue to make these short treks where that's kind of our dose of the lighter, uh, you know, single moral or ethical issue that we're going to get. Because I really liked those. I, I thought those worked quite well. They were entertaining, but we still yeah, had... and for the most part, they were something different. Like, some of them connected, but they were not used as, like, webisodes of some shows have been in the past that are just yeah. little e- Easter eggs that connect directly to the plot yeah. and are not good on their own. Um, so so then, then I came to the question of, I, I don't think this feels like Star Trek to me, but does that does that matter? Is that is that a reason to knock it? Only if it's losing something essential, something valuable, and and I think uh, and that I, we want Star Trek to be. And I'm 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 hoping that that comes out in these last three episodes because I think what yeah. we're really looking for is morality and ethics of what the future can can what the best possible iteration of the future will be. So these these mm-hmm. these so and I think that Section Thirty One is a really good opportunity for that to say, Hey, maybe we shouldn't be, you know, uh, shocking, electroshocking this alien's balls. So we can, you know, whatever stop space nine eleven, Right. And, and, and maybe they, they're going away from the episodic version of that, which can feel a bit like an after school special in some of the lower quality TNG episodes. Um, speaking of that, uh, style of show though, I'm kind of excited to check out, uh, Jordan Peele's new Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, for sure. Two I episodes are out already, apparently. Uh, so I, I, I'll I, have to check that out. I only became aware of that uh, a few days ago. That, that was a thing. Because that's a show that completely embraces that idea of being a little bit preachy in kind of a cheesy way. Yeah. But still manages to pull off being, you know, watchable and being taken seriously. Yeah. But isn't that kind of what Black Mirror is at times? Yeah, I mean Black Mirror is. It's a yeah technology focused version yeah. of Twilight Zone, which again is as I I have not watched very much of the original Twilight Zone. I am aware of the kind of like episodes, and I've seen some of the episodes that kind of like creep into pop culture. Yeah, um, you should just binge a bunch of it because you'll recognize so many of the plots. It'll I know, be really fun I know, for you. I know, I know, <laughs> and I want to do that too before getting into the new iteration because obviously he's a. He's a genius for I think a lot more it's being it's it's becoming evident how clever he is outside of comedy. Um Yeah, well and we're talking about Jordan Peele here. He, yeah. Part of being a good comedian is observing like piercing through the veil of everyday life and yeah. exposing the truth of things. Yeah. And I think that's essential to what makes the twilight zone and 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 sci-fi in general good any and social commentary on sh- the moral or ethic issues of the of the times right and that's what get out showed and apparently us which i've not seen yet as well i haven't even seen get out yet god oh man I suck you you shame get out, get, shame. Get out of here shame um so i i i feel like i was a bit pessimistic um, 
when I thought of it episode by episode, but then I, I do think that you can keep the spirit of Star Trek as long as you're pushing that, the morality and the ethics and what we are capable hope. of. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if it... And a certain kind of hope, an inspirational kind of hope, rather than, I think in a lot of sci-fi these days, we see darkness and they're like a glimmer of hope, the human spirit surviving somehow like the end that's of, not the kind of hope that i want for star trek like, i want the inspirational kind no that's almost the kind of hope that i look to from star wars because whatever yeah. you, whatever you felt about the the last movie um i loved where it ended i you know you can you can it was exactly that point yeah yeah where, there's like literally a, a glimmer of hope on with a, a glimmer of hope. Rig. And, yeah. I, and I like that. I, you know, there were parts of the movie that I liked and there were things that I, 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 I really didn't like, but I, I think that they left it in a great place for a very star Wars. And if they capitalize on it, but star Wars and star Trek are um, different. I look to them for different things. I want the, a, the a very brief, uh, uh, brief redirection into the Sarlacc pit, 30 second <laughs> Sarlacc pit here. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Uh the uh the guys who produce the creators of no. Executive producers of Game of Thrones were given a Star Wars movie series. That's old news. Um this New week we found out it it's going to be well, it's not. We talked about it in a previous episode, but <laughs> this week we found out it's gonna be about the old republic. So Oh, well, it's gonna be like a whole, I heard, a whole new. I already knew that because I play a stupid line. video game that gave that away. Okay, so we all okay. We knew all of that. We found out this week that the first movie in that series is going to be directed by Ryan Johnson, again the director of Last Jedi. So, mm. really an incestuous uh, group there at Lucasfilm and Disney, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I, I'm aware of the and old. We're back again. All right. I, I, I okay. I I'm aware of the old Republic, and I'm sort of excited about that because I've been the stupid game that I play. The whole last 13 months have been old Republic content, and I never played Knights of the Old Republic, so I have no well, attachment and- or. And they weren't technically canon, but the fact that they weren't yeah. technically canon and were brought into the mobile video game that I play kind of was a heads up that they are going to be canon. But but that's the good thing about it is that it not being canon or at least nobody really caring enough about it that there's expectations means they can tell a whole new story. I think people actually care pretty deeply and passionately from what I've seen about Yeah, like 13 people though, not 13 million. Uh, well, I so orders of magnitude different from uh, yes. the people who reacted to Last Jedi. Yes. That's what I mean. But the loudest trolls There'll still on, be interest. But for the sure. loudest trolls on the internet, Trevor. <laughs> Gamers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So out of the Starlight Pit. Out of the Starlight it, just, pit. it just vomited up a whole lot of Trev Bryce. Oh, and there's a Boba Fett over there, too. Oh, weird. Yeah, that Mandalorian armor is strong. <laughs> um so I, I'm curious what comes next. And I, I I don't really give a shit how the storyline ends. I just want it to end in a way that is hopeful in the way that we just talked about. Like, is hopeful in a way that the best that our current society 
can can hope to adopt as ideals. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like we're there yet. I think it's much more likely that it will end in that Star Wars glimmer of hope yeah. fashion this season at least, but we're getting we're getting better. Captain Pike was a breath of fresh air this season. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have more positivity, more involvement from the bridge crew. Yeah, well, even though they killed one of them off, yeah, they got a new one. Because obviously Bryce is the most important. I forget his right. We've got Bryce. We've got Kayla Detmer. We've got new Arium, played by the actress who played Arium in the first season without (laughs) makeup. (laughs) That's funny. Um, All all our all all our favorite characters are here. I'm also. I feel like Ash Tyler is going to be a really interesting component he's kind of of the mind yeah, I, hope of, so. I was kind of hoping he was dead in this episode uh, well spoilers i still think he might be i think he could be control mm. that, that would be pretty unfortunate for him he keeps getting yeah dual loyalty i mean so there's either two things either it was a pretty vicious blow so the explanation is either that he's control now or what is equally as likely is Klingons have, like, redundant organs and somehow, you know, it is canon that yeah. Klingons are difficult to kill. Got, yeah. Like, Worf, One of his hearts is Worf done, spontaneously but... comes back to life in an episode after dying. Like, I, I saw it happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, unfortunately, Trevor, because, I'm, I'm not that Because everything hopeful. revolves around Burnham. Ash is going to be back just as a romantic interest for Burnham. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you don't, you don't see franchises killing off complex main characters very often, unless it's a contract dispute like Tasha Yar. I could have seen it after the first season, though. I mean, he was kind of sidelined by the end because he was not just a main character. He was the plot. But he also, he also still could just go to the Section 31 show and they could have, yeah, true. they could have, do a crossover every once in a while right. where him and, and, and Burnham that, bang. And that's not unprecedented, right? Like, we have seen crossover characters. We saw Picard in Deep Space Nine. We saw Picard in Voyager. Like, like the, the, the there have been, uh, you know... Th- did we see Picard in Voyager? I don't think so. Who did we see? Oh, Barkley. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh but there were crossover between all of those shows, both in terms yeah. of storyline, plot. They were in the same universe at the same time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more hopeful after recording this podcast than I, than I was before. Um, I'm Star Wars hopeful, not Star yeah, Trek hopeful. Yeah, I just, I, I kind of think that I'm going to have to get used to the fact that this is something different. Um, that this isn't, this isn't, you know, we look at, I think. Us in particular, TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager as um, a unique show that showed a utopian future and expressed high ideals that we aspired to. Even Enterprise and tried I to do that. I still think there's room, there's room for that to really work and be successful today, I think, which is why it's a little bit disappointing that this show's not doing that. But maybe the Picard show will fill that void. Although I just everything I've read leads me to believe that he, it's he's not going to be like a good all protagonist like <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll be watching that show and being like, 
Well, maybe it's about the struggle towards being yeah. <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> um, and I, I, I unfortunately feel like Star Trek is cowing to modern uh, tropes or modern yeah, themes. Yeah, I mean, there was the initial shock to the system watching Discovery from the beginning and being like, this literally does not look or is not paced like the Star Trek we're used right. to. But that doesn't mean it can't have the same messages. Well, I was gonna, I mean, maybe it does. There, there, I don't know. <laughs> there are episodes of, of all three of those Star Trek franchises that I mentioned that if I have kids, I will be excited to watch with them. Hmm. I can't say that about Discovery at, at this point. I, I think the problem Discovery has run into a bit in trying to imitate modern television, the, the successful uh, shows are often very bleak. Yeah. The HBO shows, Game of Thrones especially, if you're trying to imitate their success, you might accidentally make a really bleak show. Right. <laughs> and that's and that's not what Star Trek is. And you know like No, it's the opposite of bleak. I you know, the people were um we're at peak bleak. Some people were criticizing the relationship between uh Culber and Stamets. And saying, oh, God, it took Star Trek forever to do this. And now they're spatting or broken up. And I was like, well, first of all, they did it in one of the recent movies, right? Like, uh, uh, was it, is it Sulu who was gay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and second of all, isn't it like normalizing to see that like there's a gay couple where it might not be perfect? <laughs> That they might struggle yeah. with who I am. Am I a new person? <laughs> and that's what makes it work. I think working through actual issues. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't want to see them just doing soap opera type of yeah uh, relationship stuff. That and 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 maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm just there to twist your emotions. Maybe but. I'm holding a double standard then there because I'm saying I want you to do modern and new things. Like I don't want you to say oh like that episode with Riker and the 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 non gendered character that he fell in love with mm -hmm. and like that was very much like hey you lugs out there who like science fiction why does it matter what someone's gender is you know like that was really <laughs> yeah. and like okay we probably don't need it to be like that now <laughs> the, that we're in the orville's doing that yeah so. <laughs> yeah the orville is um well, so I'm saying, okay, you should be modern in your treatment of social issues, but can you please go back and do what you were doing 20 years ago in terms of in terms of plot and episodes? <laughs> so maybe I'm just a, yeah. a typical science fiction fan where you can't you can't fucking it's, please me. It's a tough task for the writers. Yeah, it is, and I, and I am enjoying it, and I, and I try right. to really just focus on that. Yeah. Uh, what's not a tough task is liking. Our Facebook page, rating and reviewing our episode on our, I mean, our podcast on iTunes and whatever else lets you do that. Can you rate and review things on Spotify? I don't know. You can listen to us, though. You can interact with us on Twitter at Ever Prescott and at Bryce is Wrong. Sure can. Music by Eric Matias, soundimage.org. We'll be back next week with episode 12 of Discovery, which is not the final episode of the season. In fact, it's the, oh... What so penultimate is second to last. What's what's third to last? Not at all ultimate. That would be like first. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, it's called Through the Valley of Shadows. So sounds a little bit dark. Ooh. Is that, is that a Coolio <laughs> reference? <laughs> as I walk I through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look well, at my life and realize there's nothing so that's, left. Uh, that's a Bible verse. So, well. Yeah, but I said it in the rhythm that Coolio did. You say everything in Coolio <laughs> rhythm, Bryce. <laughs> if there's one thing I'm known for. <laughs> Vocal stylings. Yeah. All right. I'm out of here. Me, me too. I don't like this. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Oh, switch off. Did you notice at the beginning you you messed up our tagline, but you actually might have made it better? What did I say? I think you said, welcome to Star Boys, the podcast about all things star. Oh. <laughs> Which I really, some, I mean, we need, normally we say about all things sci-fi, especially those beginning with Star, but <laughs> when have we talked about other sci-fi? Well, we shows, attempted so. to. We made a list of <laughs> trailers we should watch at one point. <laughs> Did we? I think so. Uh...